This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. It's Tuesday night, but up the top of the tower, it can mean only one thing. This is the Fight Disciples, and coming up now is an hour of the very best Merseyside fight sports news, all the very latest from the boxing ring and from the MMA cages involving scousers on a national, domestic, international stage, you name it. And as always, I always like to have a special guest in the studio with me, and he don't come much more special than this man in front of me right now. I'm going to rattle through his belt collection in a second, but first and foremost, Stephen Swifty Smith, welcome to the studio, my Thanks, mate. mate. It's Thanks been a while. We'll yeah. come on to that shortly, but yeah. let me just rattle through. Obviously, if you don't know where <coughs> have you been, you got your head under a rock. Swifty's the second eldest of the record-breaking Swift uh, Smith family from Liverpool, of course, the former British Commonwealth featherweight champion, the British super featherweight champion, WBO Intercontinental. Super featherweight champion, WBC international silver champion, WBC silver champion, and of course the IBF and WBA world title contender. Did I miss anything out there, Swift? No. The full repertoire. Where right. are all these belts? I've won a, I've won the WBC silver twice, so I've got one of them in each of my lads' room. Uh, it was nice to win it again because stops the fighting. Sort of, yeah. <laughs> and we're coming home, we're giving it to our Frankie. He was in his mutt, he stayed in his. Uh, his nance and uh, I came home and like gave him it was the first time he understood I got belts and stuff and I gave him that one and then as Leo got he always adds in his room it's a little pride and joy and uh, funnily enough Arlene just wanted to be silver and never had the belt so we had to I had to bring mine and give him mine so we carried like in the ring to yeah. fight for my belt right so okay saying, you, you better not lose it make that <laughs> Frankie kick off so when after the fight when he come home with it obviously he won and he gave Frankie his belt back Frankie was buzzing <laughs> he was like what, what if he loses <laughs> like, he won't lose me so it was funny it's just the second time yeah they, the way it works in boxing people don't know what goes on behind the scenes but sometimes like the belt's not there in time of course it's both of them now Callum when he fought Marmody it was BBC Silver was on the line and Callum had dropped his belt the week before like showing a kid whatever and the W come off the belt right so obviously he couldn't walk the ring so he walked the ring with mine but we won't laugh it's got a picture of me on it so if you look closely at Liam's and Callum's fight the belt both have my picture on <laughs> so I was laughing when I said to the two and you better not lose it ah Frankie of course me either, but it's just little funny stories that goes on what, what are the boys like with the belts are they do they, do they play for them they, you know, yeah, do no, they Leo, wrestle in the Leo, house and Leo hasn't really got a clue but Leo's the handful Adam I think if it's going to be a fighter Adam it's our Leo Frankie's yeah. like football mad and it's not terrible saying this, but he's like a nice kid. He hasn't, he hasn't seemed to have that side in him, like the, the aggression side. Whereas our Leo, every time we come in in the fight, and it's Leo doing him, and Leo's only just turned four, Frankie's six, and I think Leo's going to be the handful of them. He reminds me of our Liam as a kid, honest to God. He's just. Well, there you go, so, you see. Meeting, meeting you all as teenagers, I would have said yeah. the same thing about Callum, though. He's yeah. the quiet one. He's too nice, too nice to be a boxer, Callum. 100%, yeah. And, and anyone who knows him, you know. You could be mistaken for thinking like you know you've had a drag conversation out of him like he's not he's not sociable to be honest with you but he's a lovely lad nice kid but you just gotta you've got to know how quiet he is really you know what I mean to get a conversation out of him but it's weird because when you know him he's hilarious he's definitely yeah. funny as one line is unbelievable but when you don't know him and he's a bit standoffish you might you know be mistaken for thinking he's he's a he's probably quiet now he's quiet he is but it, it's a, it's funny when you get to know him how funny he actually is and. Uh, I think it's like that with Arleo. You've got a sort of like, you walk in a room full of people. Frankie will go over right away and go, watch me skills, watch me football, yeah, get a yeah. ball out Sense and start of showing attention. off. Loves yeah, applause yeah. and all that. Whereas Leo, will get something, grab a toy and walk in the corner on his own and sit in the corner just playing his own. They're just complete opposites, the two of them. But I think out of any of them, if I'm going to have a fight around them, I think it'll be Arleo by the looks of things. Will you take them both to the gym? 
Um, you know, you encourage it. Will you encourage it all? If they come home and say it's something you want to do, not a problem. I think, you know, as much as like there's tough times in boxing, the toughest sport in the world, I can't sort of knock it because of everything I've got in my life is through boxing. And mm-hmm. it's hard if you, if, you, if someone looked at the crystal ball and I said to me, look, you can bring your lads to the gym, they'll learn all the discipline, all the fitness sides of it, but you wouldn't have to sit and watch them fight. I'd bite your hands off. I think <laughs> boxing, the discipline you get from it, 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 it's unbelievable. It makes a man out to you and, you know, it gives you that respect in life and, you know, all your manners and everything opens doors up for people. All comes through boxing, that discipline. But, Obviously, I know how hard it is. I get more nervous than anyone watching my brothers. I couldn't imagine watching my sons. Oh, be unbelievably nerve-wracking that. So, if you could say they could get everything out of boxing, but they wouldn't have to fight, they'd bite your hands off. But, obviously, it comes part and parcel with it. Yeah, of course. Listen, but as you say, you've got you've had so much out of this sport, so much yeah. out of the game, you know, absolutely elite amateur. Then, in the pros, I rattled through all the belts there, of course. You only ever lost to uh, world champions. Yeah. Um, but you had... 17 months away from the sport. How much of that was because of the ear? By the way, the ear yeah. looks absolutely perfect. <laughs> Unbelievable job. It's done with it, Ian. That is unreal. I always go on about luck and luck in sport and stuff, and I believe, you know, I've had bad luck in t- at times, but, you know, you can't get out with spilt milk. But as luck goes, I think I was very lucky that night because there was a plastic surgeon who watched me fight. He wasn't working and oh, came right. in. No one, I'd, no one need, need the help type of thing. I came wow. in. Wow. Helped me out, watched me fight, and knew obviously I'd need it, and came in and, and, and worked on it. And the job they done was unbelievable. Like, I, you know, I remember sitting in the bed, obviously, I was down, I just lost the fight, and I was feeling sorry for myself. I was beating myself up, thinking, you know what, if I'd have been dropped my left hand and got it with a right and got knocked out or whatever, that's boxing, it happened, it's a mistake or whatever. But I thought there was a clash of beds in round two, I got butted in the ear, my ear started swelling, and in the end, my ears ripped like tore. I'm in a hospital, I've never seen it happen before. No, I'm in an ambulance going to the hospital. Cause me is torn, and I was like, "Why me?" You know, like, and you know, feeling sorry for myself at the time, and um, especially because the because of the previous world <coughs> title fights yeah. as well. You know, you, you you seem to always have the tough draw. Yeah, I thought, I thought in Monte Carlo, I was convinced I'd win that. I thought just stylistically it matched up for me. I always thought Pedraza was it was an awkward switch here. You know, we'd done a lot of preparation. We had South Pose and we had like Stoker over and stuff for the South Pose. I had Cope coming down from Newcastle, just working on South Pose stuff, but then. Obviously, he boxes orthodox as well, so I had to get tall orthodox fighters in. They had loads of sparring for it, <coughs> trying to cover all angles. Whereas I thought the Souza one, short, strong, was more sort of made for me. Yeah. So I was, I was, I was even more confident going into that one. I was convinced to win it. And then um, round two, you know, like he, he stands on my foot, sort of bundles me over. Didn't throw a shot, so I like go like gets up, and the referee's counting, and I'm going, oh, "What are you doing? He hasn't hit me." Mm. Knocked down, he's saying, I'm thinking, wow. So right away, I'm sort of like, how's he scored a knockdown? He doesn't punch me, you know what I mean? And then goes in the next round, gets a terrible cut on my eye. I'm getting bringing to the doctor. The doctor's saying, yeah, like, give him one more round. I'm just thinking, oh, my God, I've got no luck here. Yeah. And you know what? I remember sitting down at the end of the table and thinking, do you know what? If he's going to beat me, he's going to have to beat me. And I went out and I absolutely went for it. It wasn't the tactics we had to start with, but I just thought, I'm going to make a fight. If I'm going to go for him and try and get him out. And it ends up being a really good fight. People still... No talk about it, and that was a great fight to watch. It was in yeah. no contender for one of the fights of the year. It was a good fight, and I gave it up. And I got one. I put my head in the pillow in the night. I thought, you know what? It wasn't for the lack of time, but I didn't think I won. When the bell went, I thought, nah, I've lost it. I thought the right man won. And whether you look at scores and think it was wide or closer than it should have been, it doesn't really matter in my opinion. I think as long as the right man wins, it doesn't really matter on the scores. I think it's harsh sometimes when you think, you know, if I would have won the last two rounds, I thought I won the fight, and I, and I never or whatever. You can pick bones out of things, but. In my world title fights, I thought that, you know, 
I gave it everything about that, but I didn't think I won. So I can live with that. Yeah. With the the Vargas fight with the ear injury. Yeah. Now, I remember Paul was icing it up, trying to trying to cool it down. It was Yeah, it was every weird. round every round I come back and say I didn't know about it. I haven't even was. seen that in MMA, yeah, you know. No, obviously that's the same. I watched I'd a lot never of MMA seen as well. It. I'd never seen it happen and, and like that's why it was sort of surreal at the end, but I knew I knew it was swelling because as you said, every round I was coming back, Paul was on my left and he was just pressing his ice and I was having to hold my head still to listen to Joe. And um, anyone who knows me like personally knows I've I've got I've had bad problems with my right ear. I've had like a meringoplasty operation. I've had I've had something like six operations on my right ear. So I've only got fifty percent hearing in my right ear. So he was covering me left up. So I was just thinking, I kind of were weird. Joe's <laughs> saying, yeah. read what I Joe's just saying. see Joe's lips moving and thinking, like, yeah, he's just telling me to move my legs and do what we're working on. But me and Sell on my right ear, and he's covering me left one. So I'm pressing against it. I was just thinking, wow, not again. This is happening. But I didn't know. Even at the end, I sort of remember again, boom, crashed dead in the, in the ninth. I had like a little ring and I thought, oh, and the referee's gone like time. And only as he said time, I could feel blood hit me back and I thought, he's cut me here. Yeah. I remember like hoping it was my head, like you get loads of cuts in your airline. I thought, I hope it's just a cut in my airline. So I walked the corner and then like he's bringing me back to mine. I could see him like putting to my corner. As I looked down, I could see Joe and he had two hands on his head and I could see his face. I thought, wow, this is bad. Mm. And only then I looked at the screen. And as I looked at the screen, I could just see me hanging off and I could sort of feel it. Then I thought, oh, nightmare. Yeah. Gets back to the corner and I'm like, the American doctor was like, hold still, man, your ear's going to fall off. I was like, oh, just thought it's a nightmare. Just got to get out. It was uh, just a completely freakish injury. Well, I'll tell you what, though, how lucky that that fellow was in the audience. Yeah, unbelievable, I, yeah. Watching it, I like thought, well, that's, that's that. Swift. He's going to have like yeah. a Holyfield here the rest of his life. I thought that, because funnily enough, Holyfield went, come round to Callum's fight with Groves, but then Jeddah and bumps into Holyfield. And uh, I turned around, he's there, and I thought, wow, like, obviously I've got loads of thousands of tweets and Instagrams and all that, like, people in, like, foreign writing and stuff, I couldn't understand them, but all putting pictures, like, did you see it, did you see it type of thing, and um, loads, obviously, tagging me and things to Hollyfield, yeah. and Hollyfield had, like, replied to one, or, like, wow, and stuff like that, laughing, and loads of people putting, like, one of them memes they make of, like, Tyson, of course. pictures of him and all that, and then uh, I bumped into him, and he was laughing about it, like, he must have seen the things, and got a picture took with him and I was thinking wow it's just again going back to things that you see in boxing and place the words you get to see I was standing in and bumped into the van to Hollyfield and we're getting pictures with our ears and stuff it's just <laughs> a weird surreal moment for me but it was something I can always laugh about yeah of course yeah brilliant now how, how much of that injury led to the last 17 months being away from the ring and, and at any point <coughs> did you officially <coughs> retire or no no n- never officially um, but they signed me off medically. Um, I think it was six months or whatever. I got a letter, full official thing. You know, I couldn't I medically signed off six months, and I had to go and get assessed. So um, Liam was fighting in July in Vegas, so that was the time when it was just up, and I, I went and got to get it looked at. And I remember at the time, I had a conversation with Joe, and I said, "Joe, it's it, it's still like as I had to explain to me, it was hard. It was like the like plastic. I was thinking it's not right still. I I, could, I still didn't feel like." I could put in a guard on, never mind, get in and get, get smacked on it. I thought, it's not ready. There's no point in me getting in and training and sort of hoping to fight when I don't think I can. Mm. I didn't think I'd get cleared, so I thought, no, what? I'll give it till Christmas and then see, and I'll come back then after 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 New Year and, and, and see, see if it's still there. So um, I, I knew then I was going to be out for the year. It was going to be a bit longer than the six months. So um, I went away, just spent some time just being a dad, being with kids and that, but... Towards the end, like leading up to Christmas and that, 
I tried to explain on an interview after my last fight, but it was hard ah, getting getting my words out and getting across what I meant. Just saying, like, just normal day-to-day things. I was getting up for the morning, just going to the toilet every day. And then, like, I just sort of clock myself in the mirror and see, like, my belly and then, like, the weight I'd put on. I'd think, wow, you're finished. I remember, like, literally having a conversation with myself in the mirror, thinking, you're finished, you're never going to box again. And I got a lump in my throat, thinking, oh, my God, like, if I'd had a fight and I'd lost, and I thought, no, I'm retired, I'm yeah. done. Which I, I say now, no, my boxing career now, the next time I lose, I'm done. I'm not going to hang around and try and win a British title again. I've done it twice. I'm not going to try and win any like silver titles and that. I want to see how far I can get. And if I can get a world title, brilliant. I've done it. I've achieved my dream. If if I don't, then, like I said before, it won't feel like I'm trying, but I won't be one of them people hanging around again to fight kids on the way up and all that. It's not what I'm, It doesn't motivate me. It's not what I'm in it for. But um, because I hadn't made sort of any decision to leave the sport, I just looked at myself and just thought... You're never gonna fight again. I put about like three stone on. I was thinking, that's it. And like I remember, like getting a lump in my throat and thinking, wow. But then obviously you have sort of like the fighter in you, which was like, no, nah, I will. I'll show you. I will. I'll do it. And I was sort of having an argument with myself. <coughs> half me thinking, no, nah, I will. I'll do it. Watch, I'll do it. The other half thinking, like, no, nah, you won't. Mm-hmm. You're never gonna fight again. And it was sort of like it annoyed me. I thought, no, what? I'm not gonna put no pressure on myself. I'm gonna get in the gym, to get back. What I keep saying to everyone, get back in a good routine. I was staying up late, watching films and that. Like, my wife puts the kids to bed, and the kids in a good routine. I go to bed half seven every night, and then she was putting them to bed, and then going to bed early because she was in work the next day. And yeah. so I'd be sitting up, watching films, and then I go to bed late, and then in the morning she'd get up and take the kids to school, and then go to work. So I'd be getting out of bed like. Half so they're 10. still in their routine. Yeah, but you're out completely out of your routine. I was in a yeah, bad yeah. rut. I was getting up late, and I go like the cafe, meet my mates, have food, and then I pick the kids up from school, bring them home give them something to eat and that, and I'd have my tea with them, and then the same thing again. They'd be going to bed early, getting the bats going to bed. Jay would go to bed, and I'd be sitting up watching the telly and that, tea and biscuits and stuff, and just in a bad rut where I thought, know what, I want to get back in the gym after Christmas, I want to get in a good routine again, train and get healthy, get eating properly, and then just see where I go. My aim was just to be back in the changing rooms, people wishing me good luck, going out and getting a fight and winning, and then being back in the changing rooms again, everyone saying well done again. And I felt at the time, even though the fight was just like... It was what it was. I boxed the kids who should be beating a hundred times out of hundred. And I knew yeah. that. Even when I was in there, he was terrified, to be honest with you. He was moving and he was like, making no time. He was just trying to stay in the fight. And the experience there, the Michelle Olders knew, just thought, no, watch, enjoy it. Just relax, enjoy it. But then, because he was like making noises and that, and I was saying like, I was saying to him in a ring, like, throw some punches down. You know, no point in yeah, sacking yourself up, making noise, like you're going to have a fight with me and then running away again. Yeah. Like, throw something in. So every time I land a shot, the sort of instincts in me was jumping on him, trying to finish him. And then when I'd, like, I'd, I'd, I'd miss and he grabbed me again, I was thinking, what are you doing? Just relax, enjoy it, don't worry. Of course. But You're proving nothing, getting, exactly. getting him out of here. If I'd done him in a round, it'd probably been detrimental to me going forward because I still wouldn't have had no round under my belt. So it was one of them, it done me the world of good, and I know that, but I'd be lying if I said I got in there to go the six rounds and do that because every time I land a shot, I try to jump on him. And yeah. I know in, instincts in you, you know, you... If you're well, you dropped him with a body shot, didn't you? Yeah, I hit him with a body shot, and even then, I come back to the corner, and I remember, like, I said to him, like, laughing. You don't want, like, I was laughing over, like, you see the pain he was in. I remember, like, laughing to him, saying, he doesn't want to get up here. <laughs> like, I know, like, laughing. But uh, it was one of them. I, I enjoyed the experience being back in, but it was more going through everything again, warming up again, hitting the yeah. pads again, and, and just being back in there, like, knocking on your door two minutes, and I was thinking, yeah, I've waited for this. I didn't think I'd get here again. So it was a big box for me like that I take personally just because I know what I've been through in the time I've been out and I think you know what 
I didn't think I'd get here again. So it was big for me personally, even though, again, it was a fight against the kid who I should be beating all the time. It was never about, like, winning and losing. And for that reason, I probably didn't have any nerves. Like, in the changing rooms, I was more happy I was there. I yeah. remember, like, laughing. And obviously, as everyone knows, I forgot my kit. <laughs> so I had a pair of Lonsdale shorts on, which <laughs> I was saying everyone in every two minutes was getting my hand wrapped. The worst Lonsdale shorts as well. Me, 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 me door had burst open in the changing rooms and it'd be some fella or woman who, who didn't know. And he'd look at me and point and laugh and walk out. And I was like, I could hear Paul laughing his head off. And I was thinking, is he messing with you? I'm getting my head on a fight and he's sending everyone in the arena. Go and look at him, he's got shorts. Go and look at his shorts. I could hear him through the door. And I could hear Art Liam saying to him, he's going to flip on you in a minute. I was thinking, Stephen, you know, like, but it was sort of that atmosphere. It was all like, happy for me to be back. My brothers, Joe, even Joe in the build-up, he just didn't put no pressure on me. It was just like, listen, I, I had a mad week in terms of Still on a few interviews, the boxing ball kept knocking opponents back for me. Yeah, and I, I was getting frustrated with it. I felt like phoning them up and saying, "Are you messing here?" Yeah. Like, I only want a six rounder. Come on, I just want to come back. I want to be back fighting. Personally, mm. just the goal of me to get back in the ring. I don't care who it is. I don't care who I'm against. I just want to be back fighting. And we had kids like the last one was this in Nicaragua. He was twenty-one and six. His last fight, he lost to Bashiro. Why beaten in the, the final minute? He lost to him on points over six. And you know, Stevens fought for the world title twice. Can't have him. I had a Mexican kid. Um, he was ten and eight. No, and I was like, I'd watching these kids, and they weren't bad. They were better than the kids who fought. Yeah, yeah. But the only thing was, the kids who fought was like a lightweight, light welter. He boxed like Jake Callan and stuff. And uh, so in the end, he gets him, and he's like, "Look, I can only do ten three. So I was, I, I, I was weighing in at nine nine. So I got on the scales, and I was nine twelve. This was on the day th- and the the Wednesday, the day before the weigh in. So I was like, look, just anything, just take anything, whatever, you know what I mean? So we go stand away and it just sort of messed the routine up. I went like, I'd sort of me Nando's and all that before away in, yeah, because the kid couldn't make it till late and all that. And it was just a bit of a different routine, but I was just more frustrated with how many opponents they were knocking back and saying no. But then I watched the box on the weekend and Martin Ward, who were talking about me fighting, gets mm-hmm. a kid who hasn't won a fight in four years. Sorry, he's won one fight since 2000, 2012 and it was against the kid who was not four. He's been stopped about six times. The kids who I was, I wouldn't have been stopped. And I'm thinking, how can it be one rule for him, one rule for me? Do you yeah. know what I mean? I was like, when I've been out the ring for 17 months, I was just getting frustrated with it, thinking, you know what, I don't know whether it's favouritism or what, but I don't know what they expect. If you've got experience in boxing, you know, wherever you've been in boxing, if you've been out the ring for two years, you need to get back in. The same as when you're starting off. You might have been the best amateur in the world, but you... You don't go in unless you're Longchenko. You don't go in against the world champion in your first fight. You've got to learn the game. You'd think they would have appreciated that as well. Exactly. And I appreciate the fact that you're a model pro to go, listen, put me in six rounds. I'm not going to go in there and beat someone up. Exactly. I want to get get in. I want to get back into boxing again. Exactly. And just just, just know the game. And and, and it was a little bit frustrating for me where I was getting wound up. Where the morning, the morning of the way we were leaving, going down to Nottingham, I got a phone call and they were saying, look, sorry, the day before, this kid can't make it and stuff. So obviously I didn't do any like. The making weight things you do sometimes, you have a little sweat the day before and stuff. I didn't do none of that because no. it was just part of my training. But um, obviously, it was like this kid's heavier again. So I was laughing. It was a new experience for me lying in bed the night before the way. And usually, you empty stomach. I don't get much sleep the night before the way. And you starve and you're thinking about what you're going to eat after your way. And it was none of that. I was lying in bed with a little ice cream and like a little, like this basket of fruit thing. Maybe that's what, maybe that's the secret. Maybe that's yeah, the secret. Just just ice, cream, ice cream before the yeah. weigh-ins, that's, 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 that's definitely for the future. Way, it, was, it was more like Joe's attitude in the week. He was sort of like that, look, don't worry. Just, yeah. just, he, he put no pressure on me. He was just leading me to it. And he was just like, look, it is what it is. Let's just get back in. Use his part of the training going forward. And 
I sort of felt that. I felt relaxed about it. I was never like bothered. Only things that was behind me was when he kept knocking the bones back. I was thinking, I'm going to end up not fighting here. Listen, it was great to see you back first time in 17 months. Stick with us after the break. We'll ask Stephen Smith about what's to come in the rest of 2019 and obviously 2020 as well. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Welcome back to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. If you just joined us, delighted to say Stephen Smith is still in the studio. We were just talking about his first fight back in 17 months, obviously dropping Des Newton en route to a six-round shutout uh, performance in Nottingham two weeks ago in a pair of borrowed shorts. He, had, he, he hasn't changed his style and gone for dodgy black... What were the Everlast or Lonsdale shorts? Lonsdale. Where did they come from? Right, oh, as soon as I honest, seen them, I thought... There, I never had me kit and just thought, wow, and then... They, like. The fella know like the first time you've ever got your kids. Yeah, you yeah. come in, and um, I bought I boxed in a pair of shorts though uh, before because we got down there and we both had the same shorts. Me and this Hungarian kid it was only me six fight, and maybe me, me I was like, "Can't get me in and I box." Like, yeah. I should have made him swap. Of course, but I was like being all polite and I like, "No, nah, I nah, wear them. Don't worry about it." <laughs> I boxed in these pair of like red ringside shorts, and like it's funny because me, me, me brothers and me dad had like a, an accent on the way down. They, they stopped the car. Say whatever, and as they opened the door, my dad opened the door, a van took the door off the car, so he never actually got to me fight. So, um, Liam Vaughan was down there on the phone to them explaining what happened, and that's so obviously they never even see me fight. And when they watched it back, they were like, What a day! <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Oh, them black shorts from? done it before, but this time around, I said, It was a uh, Gary the fellow from Sky coming, like, we've got some spare shorts here. <laughs> I was like, no, someone I'm left them. for them because I thought I was going to have to box in someone's space with someone's name on my oh, waistband. Yeah. I was thinking it's going to be a nightmare. So when he had them, I was just, I was happy having them. And to be honest with you, I just like, I don't know why I would have done it, but <laughs> I've got off without them. A nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Did you even get a phone call from home saying, why's your kit bag by the door? You've no, dropped- that's what I mean. I phoned her. I phoned her said, hey, no burn on the landing where we're, we're, we're bagging and my stuff there. She went, oh, yeah, there's a box with your kit in. I was like, Thanks, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to tell me the day before. He's got, he could have brought them down, but... Oh, nightmare. Brilliant. Um, obviously, it was the first fight back in 17 months. You mentioned then in, in part one that you were a little bit down. Sounds like you were a little bit depressed at yeah. one stage. So, to get back, to have that feeling again, to make that walk, to have your hand raised again, yeah. to be around the brothers, the camaraderie, everything else. You know, is that... Did you, did you feel appeased now, or do you feel like, okay, I'm, the fire's back again. I want to go. I'm going again. Yeah, definitely. I think, as I say, just just because of times I didn't think I thought, wow, you you done. Because of times I didn't think I'd ever fight again. It was just a big personal like achievement for me. It meant more to me than anyone knows. Like people are watch the fight and think, oh yeah, you know, he's won, yeah. whatever. But it was different because of the time on, because of the like the times I didn't think I'd ever be there. It meant a lot to me personally. Now it's done. That's gone now. I'm just on back and boxer again. Now it's just looking towards the next fight and stuff the way I've always been in the past. So, you know, I'm back in now. I just stay in the gym, to be honest with you. Um, a few days after my fight, I was in the uni doing a VO2 max system, that which um, obviously isn't normal for like after other fights, but because I was using part of the training, I'm just carrying on and hopefully just, just seeing where I can get to. But, um, you know, looking forward, I want to get straight back in. You know, Joe's talking about maybe trying to get me back out next month. If not, I'll fight July, so... You know, there's always things progressing and things happening, and, and that's all I want really, just to just to be active again and just to see where I can get to. Yeah, there's a big show I think Manchester Arena, isn't it? July sixth, yeah. uh, Scott Fitzgerald's yeah. on it. I think there's um, who's the kid, one that Thomas Hart. I think he's on it. Yeah, Thomas Whitaker yeah. Hart. I think yeah. he's been on that July sixth bill, uh, but then there's a bill 
after that as well, isn't it? A week or two after. Yeah, that's the so. July twentieth one in London, isn't he as well? With big big prices on that one. That's so right, yeah, yeah. Um, good times. What will that be for you? Will that be you talking an eight round or a ten round and maybe a title fight? I don't know. Honestly, if I get out next month, it'll be a little one again. It's a over job, but in in July, it's going to be a a big fight. I think I'm either going to go for the European title or there's talks of me fighting Martin Ward. That keeps getting mentioned to me. Um, I seen he boxed the other day. I never seen his fight, but I seen an interview. Obviously, he had tweeted interviews after it, and he gets yeah. mentioned about me. And he says sort of the same thing about me. Yeah, it's a good fight for us. I think it's a good, uh, it's a good sort of domestic fight for it because two of us are they there about wanting to go back and challenge for world titles. He, he lost the European, but you know he's a good, good, good fighter, and uh, I think he, he's got he sort of got the same aspirations. So it'll be a good fight. I think uh, I rate him. I think he's a uh, He's a skillful, skillful fighter. I think he's got all, all, all the skills, but I just don't know how well he holds the shot myself. I think every time I've watched him, he seems to be troubled every time someone lands clean on him. So that'd be sort of something I'd be confident about. But you know, I think it'll be, um, it'll be interesting while, while the fight's going on. But you know, because you've got to sort of test your skills against someone else, and I think I think he does everything well. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Um, Sami uh, Niani is the new European champion, yeah. the French kid. Do you know much about him? No, I haven't seen much of him. See what. what I've only watched this little clip of him when, it, when I seen, obviously, he'd won the title. I remember clicking on a little link and seeing him, and he just looks a good boxer, to be honest with you. You know what I mean? I think, um, you know, he's not going to set, set the world on fire, but I think when you look at him, again, just a good good boxer, does, does things well. But if you want to be, um, you know, moving on, progressing, it, it's a title I definitely want to win, then I've got to be beating the likes of him. Yeah. Have you got a European title in the no, household? In the house, you have, yeah. Callum beat Mamadi, didn't he? Oh, of course, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he done him in a round, so he. Uh, he, he he won he won that that belt so give him the little bragging right because uh, we were, we were laughing in the house saying um, Paul obviously won the British title the first out of us when I beat Simpson in Glasgow the first to win the Commonwealth Callum beat Mamadi was first to win the European and Liam obviously was first to win the world so the four of us all done each one first so it's a little uh, laughing thing we've got but uh, Callum was sort of been being the youngest you know people go on about always the best in it but he he laughed saying. Everything he's done has already been done. Yeah. Come on, what a bit of title they won. Yeah. ABA title, everyone, so yeah, what? Uh, ABA, whatever. And then he, <laughs> he said, you know, he, he won a, a British title, which was probably a bigger fight for him because it was the domestic one. It was him and Rocky, all Liverpool, all the city, and you know, it was sold out an arena for the British title fight, which is unheard of yeah. a lot of the time. But because it was a big domestic rivalry, and you know, the city was sort of split, you know, I pick him, I pick him, and all that. And, Saying that Paul had a, a couple big, of them though as well, didn't he? Yeah, with Quigley I mean, and but, Dodson but, and because because Paul's was the first, yeah. it was massive. Like yeah, when yeah. Paul beat Quigley, it was as big as nice as he's ever had because yeah, yeah. it was you know, the arguing, you know, the pettiness and all the the, the, the city split and that. But it was that compact part of oh my god, it's the ones we were all looking at the British title, we were all in awe of it. I remember having like a barbecue and his the next day, and we were all like, had the belt and we pictures with it and all that and, and we're getting a picture with it on, we were buzzing with it. So Callum sort of done it again with Rocky sold out to the in a massive fight and all that. He come home with the belt and put the belt in his room. I don't even think I ever got a picture with Callum's belt. No one even looked at it. It was like, oh, you know what I mean? Another one of them. And I understood what he meant. He said, I come home. He said, I just throw my belts in the house and no one even looks at them. So he, it, it meant a lot to him coming home with the European belt because we were all like having a look at it because we had never had one. And he probably got more attention over that one. Than, than anything else he's done, you know what I mean? So it, it, that was funny. Outside of the Groves fight, I think he was happier about that one than anything else. Yeah, the Groves performance was 
outstanding though. Like I don't think anyone. Yeah. I think I think a lot of people outside of this city had heard the noise the city was making, yeah. especially about Callum building up towards that. But just that performance alone. Yeah, I think we were always confident and 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 in the Groves fight, I think you know, and goes on about stars make fights and stuff. But every time. Callum's sort of being asked the question and being up against it. He, he he's, he's pulled it out, obviously, and he he's performed. Um, you know, his title fights before and English, British, and come uh, English, British, and European. He's always, he's won them all in the round, so yeah. he's obviously turned up and done it when it when it matters. So we were always confident going in. We knew Groves was dangerous. We knew he, he could punch, and he was a good world champion. He was number one in the weight. It was the ring magazine belt was on the line, so it was obviously massive. But again, we were confident. But people sort of. Start writing them off. It's the first time he gone into a fight as an underdog, and people are writing him off more so because of the previous two fights. He'd sort of like he'd be a good fighter in Scotland and boxed well in parts, but he switched off in parts when a little bit, and it made him look ordinary, and and it, and it made him sort of he's a perfectionist, and he, he started like sort of nitpicking on himself things he was doing wrong, and again a good a good win, but. Because he 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 gone long late in fights and going to points, people are like, oh, I'm gone a minute. No, yeah. he's knocking him out early. And then when it gets to the semis, he's done. People forgetting people who know boxing know if you do a, a twelve week camp, working on southpaw, southpaw, southpaw sparring, working on brain, the things he does, loves that ball all left, loves you no know, working on everything, everything, everything. And week before the fight, brain is out. It's been boxing someone this, completely different. Boxing this Hoskin, short, yeah. orthodox, used Dead to be a kickboxer. Yeah, exactly. Everyone in the world thinks you're going to win the round. Everyone's like, oh, Callum Smith in the round, Callum Smith in the round. And it was just like, wow. Yeah. And it was the first time, just as a bit, as, as his, his elder brother, I felt for him. And I remember sitting in the change thinking, wow, like the pressure on this kid is massive. Everyone knows, obviously, big money in the tournament. The money was huge. Mm-hmm. It was like, go and beat this kickboxer who you're meant to do in the round. And your family's set for life. His yeah. girl's pregnant, he's got her first baby on the way at the time and you go and win this fight now, go and beat this kid you're meant to beat, you should be beating him in a round, go out and beat him, do your job, you're set for life, you're in a final, you're fighting for the world title against George Groves for more money again. But if you don't win this, you probably never will and you could see it, the pressure on him and he was thinking, oh, he was getting in and Joe was like, listen, just box, don't be stupid, the kids are short and only got a chance of swinging, just box him, get the job done yeah. and move on. And he went out and he'd done his job. He boxed well again in part, but because, again, it was another 12 round, and people were like, ah, no, he's done. You hear people saying he's dead at the weight and all this, and you're just laughing, thinking, no, what? The job done, we'll, we'll do it in the final, he'll turn up, and then it'll show people, and that's all, that's, end, that's all it matters. Now people look back at the tournament, and they think, oh, that Callum Smith won it. He's a beast, isn't he, and all that. And people forget about the courts and semis because of what he's done in the finals of Groves, and the fact that what he finished in the way he did, a good world champion, got people talking again. But... He's sort of come on again, and I can't wait for people to see him yeah. in his next fight now. Because I've always said that even as a kid, when you win a national title, you go in the gym and you spar, and you come on because you start believing that you're the, the national champion. It's, it's another level now with this world title with him, with the, the way he's looking in the gym, and I'm really excited about his next fight and seeing. Do what you he get does. more? Do you get most nervous when Callum fights or Liam or Paul or you know? No, what, I'm bad I bet with you're all coolest them. Yeah. when you fight, obviously. Yeah, it's it's well easier fighting yourself. It's mad, but you no, know, even though. The sort of the pressure's on you and type of thing because you know you're in control and you can do it. There's nothing worse than sitting watching your brother having a fight and there's nothing you can do. You're sitting ringside shouting, like you know, trying to encourage him. But mm. at the end of the day, he's having a fight and you're just sitting watching and it, it, it's hard. But 
I don't know. I think I get I get more nervous in different fights. It depends on, on the fight and the pressure on it. With all due respect, the yeah. four of you have been in massive fights. Yeah, you know, I, Canelo in a football exactly, stadium. Exactly, yeah. Like Andre Ward, the pound for pound best boxer on yeah, the planet. That one was mad, like the Canelo one. The, the, the occasion was unbelievable. I remember walking out, Liam was just about to start warming up and I walked out into the arena and just turned in a circle and done a video. Unbelievable. I've never seen nothing like it. 52,000 people in the indoor arena. It was something like I've never seen and I was like, wow. These are the fight. Yeah, <laughs> scary, honest to God. I was thinking, oh my God. But then walking the ring, I remember like, just every time you'd look, you'd see a little pocket of fans who'd come over and like like people who've grew up with and I was like, wow, there's blah, there's blah, blah. And like, it was boss, the atmosphere was brilliant. Like, it was exciting. And the only time really the nerves hit me was when Canelo come in the ring. And as, as Canelo got in the ring, I remember thinking, wow, the size of him. He yeah. just like balloons up overnight. And it, it was only then I thought, oh my God, the nerves hit me then. And I was nervous that day, but it's just different, different fights. I don't think I get more nervous with Callum, Liam or Paul. I think it's just different, depends on the fight, but I definitely get more nervous watching them than I do fighting myself. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You're listening to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. The writer, that Stephen Smith, still joins me in studio. Coming up in part three, I will get on to what's coming next for Swifty. I'm keen on that European title. Uh, fight myself personally before we go back to world title honours for sure. And the question that I'm sure everybody listening to this right now is asking... Who is Callum fighting on June the 1st? I'll ask Stephen the latest. Stick with us. You're listening to Fight Disciples. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Welcome back to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. Delighted, as I say, Stephen Smith still joins me in the studio. If you've missed any of tonight's show, pick it up over at Fight Disciples. FightDisciples.com is the podcast. It will be released Wednesday morning along with all, all our other content on there. And for more Merseyside boxing and MMA news, visit at Fight Disciples across social media. That's Facebook and Twitter and at The Fight Disciples um, over on Instagram. Uh, we just mentioned then, Stephen, during the break, that obviously Callum is confirmed yeah. for the Joshua Bill on June the 1st. Loads of talk about Hassan and Dan, the guy beat yeah. Martin Murray, being the opponent in the opposite corner. Is that still the case? Is that still yeah. what you're working towards? Yeah, Callum's um, preparation's going well. Uh, as I said before, he, he, he looks frightening in the gym. Um, he seems to have come on another level, and I'm excited for people to see how good he actually is, yeah, and it lo- uh, looks like it's in Zam yet, so... People obviously know him. He's he's, he's been world champion. He's, he's he's got a bit of a name in America and, and over here. People obviously know him now because his last fight he beat, he beat Martin. So it's it's a it's a decent name for him to to start as as his journey going forward. And um, if it's a good win, good performance, there's some massive nights ahead for him. There's been loads of talk about potential Triple G, potential yeah. Canelo, Anfield. You know, then then the feedback of it is Anfield's too expensive. Yeah. You know, have, have you the family yeah. spoken to Liverpool FC? Because I know yeah, you we, we spoke all got about, close ties. Obviously, with 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 May, Callum was always after the Groves fight. The Groves fight was September, as I say. His girl was having his first baby, had little Albert, and, and in the Jan, so he was always having a bit of time off. He was going to enjoy that being a dad, and he was getting safe back in after that to fight in May. That was always going to be the plan, and he, he was always looking on May and hopefully get a big first defence at Anfield. And when he spoke with them. Believed the money was stupid. It was more than Wembley and stuff like that. It was just a, it was just what wasn't a viable option for him. So that could put on the back burner. But then the next best thing, in my opinion, come about to, to fight on a Joshua bill. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any bigger exposure in boxing now than Anthony Joshua. So yeah. I think uh, when Joshua fights, the world's watching. And if he's chief support, he's the fight before. Then he's not going to get no audience like that, television wise. So I think it's massive exposure for him. It's a good platform for him. And. Uh, 
going forward, he, he can uh, he can show the world how good he is, and then that'll lead him nicely into the big names that you just mentioned. Then you know the Canelo fight, something that's been talked about a lot now, and it's a uh, it's well on its way to being done. So that could be a massive night for him going ahead. And it'd be unbelievable if we get it in the yeah. UK. Chances are it won't be. Chances are he's going to have to go to the yeah, US. I think it's Canelo fights what, yeah, twice Canelo, a year. Yeah, Canelo's September. always May September, and but I think you know I've heard the interviews from saying that he'd, he'd like to come over here and do like a, he's seen obviously these Wembley shows the audience that the the UK generates. So I think he's seen that and maybe might be something we want. But again, yeah, I'm the same as you. I've always thought if it was a Canelo fight, it'd probably be a Vegas job because, or you know, in, in America anyway, because he seems to do huge things over numbers. there himself. He, he he's a he's a he's a global superstar. Like he's a big probably the biggest name in boxing. So I think it's one of them. He's obviously all sit down and work out, but it's one of them. I just hope it happens. I think yeah. the fight. I think. Um, Canelo's Canelo and all good he is, he, he's so talented things he does in the ring is very good but those size advantages though that yeah, beef he suffered think, with exactly now Callum would have that advantage when we seen him getting in the ring as I said then before when he only got in the ring against Liam where he come down to light middle when he, he had the title at middle he come down to light middle to box Liam when he got in the ring the next day he oh, got the way and I remember being dead confident Liam looked massive to him mm-hmm. and then getting in the ring wow oh, the size difference was unbelievable but he loses all them advances at super middle, and I think um, you see when he boxed Rocky, he, you know Rocky looked massive to him. Yeah, but you know he wasn't able to use the size advances. I think he's done a few things wrong. He was leaning over, leaning his body up and stuff. Where I think Callum's a very good inside fighter. I think it'd be interesting to see the size and see what happens when 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 Callum, like he's got an unbelievable chin. But when they start boat landing and, and and looking for them body shots and seeing how the fight goes and seeing how. Whether Canelo can can use the, the 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 size or whether Callum can use his size advantage, it's going to be a interesting. But it's one Callum will go into very confident because he's the biggest super middle in the world, and I think uh, you know he, he's the best super middleweight in the world as well. There's some good fights at super middleweight. There's not yeah. many marquee yeah. names, but trade trade wise, there's some good boxers out there. There's some. Yeah. There's a good era for him to build to build his legacy on. But would you think he will be a career twelve <coughs> stoner or? Could he be a yeah, career? Now, Could he be a career twelve stone if he wanted to be? Say, people always say, people always say, because the size, my, he killed himself, killed himself. And anyone who knows him personally will tell you, listen, he doesn't eat no. what he wants. But don't be wrong, listen. Now he started sort of eating well because we've got like a nutritionist on board in the gym, and he's telling him things to eat and the right things to eat to obviously make his size even better and make his weight. You no, know, he, he's eating all the time. He, he eats well now, but what is he never he used to eat like chocolate every day of his life? You know what I mean? <laughs> I think he. Um, but after it wasn't after Rocky Fight he boxed him Mahamadi for the European and it was this it was the Saturday after Easter Sunday and um, he got in the gym on the Monday. I remember Joe phoning me mum like thanks for keeping them Easter eggs away from like laughing and joking. He come in the gym on the Monday, he was twelve two. And my mum was like looking at me dad like, Wow, he death he death a bar six Easter eggs on the on the Sunday, you know what I mean? And not a problem goes in the gym on the Monday and he just doesn't really put weight on. Now he's obviously the size of him, he's getting all these taken yeah. in, but he, he still does the weight comfortable. The three of us always dieted, and no, it's how we couldn't do the weight below or not. Whereas Callum, he's the one most comfortable out of all of us, and I think it's a the size just, 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 it's just freaky the way the way he doesn't really put the weight on like like the rest of us. Yeah, As Liam's obviously in a slightly different position. He's basically yeah. waiting for that phone call, isn't he? He's waiting for that phone call for the world title fight. Yeah, I think, you know what, the... Is he still after his move, own belt or is he quite happy no, to go no, in what? I think he just wants anything. Yeah, whatever's, whatever's there, I think, you know, it's hard, but when 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 you're sort of there and about it, it, it's hard, like, sort of, waiting for the opportunity. If, 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 you, if you're boxing well and looking good, 
sort of you're not going to get no volunteer defences. You've got to sort of get yourself into managing position. Whereas if you have a bad performance, people might look at you and think, "Oh, that's a shot for me. That's a name or whatever." And and, and you can get one. So it, it's hard. It's a bit of a catch twenty two. But you know, he's in the gym. I think he's 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 back excited again. The move to match rooms give him a, a new lease of life where he knows he can fight sort of when he wants. He, he doesn't have to sit and wait and hope for dates and stuff. He's here. He's in the gym all the time because he knows when his next date is. He knows yeah. his next fight and he knows where he's got that win. It was a good, good, good performance for him against Eggington. I think we said before, I think Eggington was made for him. He was too yeah. accurate and Eggington was too easy to it for him to not look good against them. So I think um, it was a good performance, but it sort of put his name back out there and people are talking. And he's getting like messages on social media of, of, of big names in America. I'm talking about fights where Liam's Liam. Liam will just say to him, well, come on, let, let's, let's fight and it. just get on with it. You know what I mean? And, he sort of puts it right in there so to, to make the fight. Well, you know, let's get on with it and hopefully um, it'll come good and it'll be a big, big fight for him in July. I say, hopefully with, with Eddie being tied to the zone, that's yeah. critical. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's made it it's made it more easy to open, sort of crack America now with, with, for the British British boxers. I think you know there's, there's, there's doors, as you said, doors opening because there's American bills all the time now with with, with this the zone thing. So you can be fight, say like, look, I want to fight in July, and Eddie will go like, okay, we've got. The sixth in Manchester, we've got the twentieth in in London, or we've got blah blah in America. Fifteenth in, in like and Massachusetts just, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, you're just seeing now. You're seeing all British fight, fighters all going over and boxing on undercards in America regularly because because they've got that platform now, and it's only go for, it's only go for for the for the British boxers now. Looking around your weight division, I know he's a little yeah. bit heavier now, but um, Lomachenko is a guy that most people would rank as number one. Well, after the new ace performance last weekend, most people are questioning it now, but. Yeah. Technically, I think Lomachenko University yeah. people are saying is something a bit special. Uh, looking yeah. at your careers, because you you bought yeah. you fought uh, Selimov in the amateurs. And yeah. Obviously, his big rivalry with Selimov was the amateurs. And Definitely, did you never yeah. did you never cross paths with him? No, um, I went the European the Europeans. Um, Two thousand six, I went the Europeans. Um, boxed in them, and everyone was talking about Selimov. So coming through I ended up meeting Selimov in the semis he beat me in the semis so I got a bronze he won the gold so we go to the Worlds 2007 and gets there and the same thing everyone's like oh Selimov 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 no one even mentioned this Lomachenko he was in in, in, in the weight division so he threw the side of the draw to me I'm looking thinking ah oh, got Selimov in the second round like gutted didn't I open he was the other side and see if I can get a good run in it yeah. so anyway goes to the final let's Selimov Lomachenko no one really knew this. This Lomachenko, you know, for him to be unbeaten at the time, you think the, the whispers all go round, and but no one really mentioned that. So I watched them. Sell him off one. Sell him off. Beats him in the final. And um, one thing that stood out to me was I've never seen a kid that I, when you lose. I remember losing in the European under seventeen myself to a Russian, getting out, and I was devastated, crying my eyes out on the changes. I hadn't lost a fight in like two years, and I was gutted. But he, he was a good kid. This the European seniors, so you don't really see men getting out of the ring crying. Lomachenko was crying his eyes out. And like walking the changing rooms in bits and I was thinking, wow, you don't really see that. Yeah. And only then I learned afterwards, it was the first time he'd lost. He'd never lost a fight. Yes, so I was thinking, wow, I ended up losing finishing his career, three hundred and whatever fights, and only ever lost that one fight. So unbelievable. It's like now looking back, I, I can see why I he was that upset, but unbelievable amateur career and, and like, like probably never be never never be never be matched again what he's done. But um, going back to the pound to pound thing, I think a new age of freak, you can punch hard and think you've got other fighters who all do little, little things, you've got like big punches and that. But seeing Lomachenko close that crawler fight last, 
he does things what I don't think anyone else does. I no. think that that's what separates him for me. I think he probably is the best. Like Tens Crawford, I think is very very good, but he's good at what he does. But there's not any does what I think. Wow, no one else does that. Mm-hmm. Lomachenko does things in the way he steps and moves and throws punches while he's stepping and moving, and that it's just like the things he does. I just don't think anyone else is doing like these. Ah, oh, yeah, it's like another level. Like he knows what you're gonna do. It's weird. Like even looking back and enthusiasm with the Martinez, right? He starts throwing uppercuts on Martinez, puts his hand there. So he stops halfway and changes into a left hand and knocks him out. <laughs> that type of thing, if you if if you get in a ring and try, it doesn't work like that. You start throwing a shot, and I think in my head three seconds before, right, I'm gonna throw this right hand when he jabs, and then the jab comes, I'll slip me and I'll throw that right hand. People like you, you preempt things in your head, but you don't throw and think, oh no, that's not gonna land. So I'll change <laughs> halfway. Change that, that doesn't even that doesn't even enter your head, and he he's doing things like that where he's just like split second thinking all the time and. That for me separates him from everyone else. I think he's, he's probably the best I've ever seen up close. I've been away in, in Vegas and watched Mayweather and everything, and I never ever left an arena like what I did in LA there. Like, wow. Yeah. It's the first time I've ever left, walked out to an arena just thinking, how does he do that? Because I know Crawler, Crawler's one, one of my best mates in, in, in the sport and I've known him for years. And I've watched them win, I've watched them lose, but I've never seen anyone just like make it look easy against them like that. He's always a tough night's work, Crawler. He, he's a. Um, Looks like a choir boy, but he's the toughest kid you'll ever come across. Tough he's fit, he keeps coming, he, he he gives anyone in the world a tough night. But Lomachenko sort of went through the gears against him and was landing shots and moving and doing it that well. I was thinking, oh my God. It made me realise sort of how good he is through knowing Crawler so personally, knowing how good Crawler is. It made me like sit back and think, wow, he's special. Man. Absolutely special, yeah. You mm. mentioned Crawler there and obviously your Paul. Last time I was up at Joe's, was holding mitts and collars now, corner and lads and stuff. Yeah. I can see in your eyes now, you seem to have that twinkle back. You feel, yeah. you feel like you've got the love of boxing back. Do you, do you think you'll always be involved? Do you think you'll become a coach? Do you think you'll go down a management route? Yeah, I think it's it's something I'll always probably stay in. But I think I know a lot about boxing. I've got a good, good, good knowledge of the sport, amateur and pro. I think it's something what I'd definitely like to pass on, but I just wouldn't do it until I'm finished. I think, yeah. when, I think I've done little bits and helping out and stuff, but I just think you've got to have the time to put in. It's no good whether it's in the amateurs and you start off helping the kid out and then you're gone for six, for like 12 weeks because you're training yourself and then you're back in again and you've got to build up an appetite your kids and you've got to get a good relationship with them where, you know, you're helping them and you know you know your boxers. Same through to the pros. You've got to, I've always said, you've got to have a good relationship with your coach where he knows you when it comes to the night and you know, you're on the fights. You see, referees get a lot of sticks, should have stopped it, should have stopped it. I think a lot of the times, the corner knows the fighter more than more than the referee does and I think that's where the good relationship with them you can know when something's wrong you know when something's not right you know where they you know a lot of people say you've got a puncher's chance you know whether your fight's got a puncher's chance or not you know what I mean and I think getting that relationship with your boxers you've got to have the time to put in and that's where I think uh, the coaches are doing some heroes the game a lot of the time because they put as much time in as the fighters a lot of the time they put more in you know what I mean and I think uh, they deserve a lot of a lot of credit a lot of the time with, 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 the, with the jobs that the fighters do course you've come back you've had that win in Nottingham had that feeling again if you know you walked out to the studio tonight and, and someone stopped you and said that's it you've got to finish today would you be happy uh, no I'd be, I'd be good to because again like I said before just on before when I when I looked at myself and thought wow you're finished because it was sort of not me deciding it I was gutted yeah I remember getting a lump in my throat and everything you know when I when I when I sign off and say I'm done and I retire I'll always put my head in my pillow and not waiting for the lack of trying that I didn't win a world title. If I don't, if I don't win a world title, that'll be it. I think, you know what? It wasn't for the lack of trying. I couldn't say 
I know what I wish I'd done this, I wish I'd done that. I think no what I give everything I had and anyone who anyone who's ever trained with me and know how hard to train, how hard to work in the gym. So I know it, it I've always given everything in the sport. But I think um yeah, it, when, when I'm done, when I retired and yeah, I think I'll be happy. I think I know it was always serious for me from an early age. I was winning national titles the first year I was boxing, so I was always representing my country and stuff. So it's always been my job. It's always been important. So yeah, I I've missed the game when when I'm done, I'll miss the sport I'm active anyway so I think I'll, I'll, I'll miss it but like you said I think I'll probably always be involved I think whether I'm always going to be around me and Callum anyway but I think I've got a lot where I can give back so I do think it'll be something I will do I think if we open our own gym or if we if I go into helping helping the pros or whether I go back to the Suns and help, help our coaching there I'll definitely be involved in boxing whatever I do good to hear You've been listening to Fight Disciples. Thank you, Stephen, for coming into the studio. Much appreciated. Um, Loads more to come in the next couple of weeks. Don't go anywhere. Stick with us. If you want more from us, at Fight Disciples across social media. Our entire back catalogue of shows are available as well. Fightdisciples.com and I'll catch you here next week. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.